Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, you are listening to Pulse University Radio. My name is Matt, and you are tuning in at the noon hour on Wednesday, March 8, 2017. We are the Dry Spell Radio Show. And for the next hour, we're going to talk to you about video games and other things. I'm joined in the studio with Austin. Hey. Austin, how are you today? I'm doing great, actually. You know, got some good night of sleep. You know, can't complain. I despise that because not only am I feeling sick right now, uh, sorry for anybody else who has to uh, use this mic uh, later today because you'll probably get sick from it, but uh, I have worked way too much this past week uh, playing different shows. It's just been fantastic, but uh, we're here and we're happy. And we're going to talk about some fun stuff. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at dryspellradio at gmail.com. I will be checking it periodically throughout the show. So if you have any questions or comments or anything, just send that over there. If not, you can contact us on Twitter at dryspell underscore VG. That is in video games. Uh, so go ahead and you can do that. Or not, whatever. You can just follow us if you want. I'll be posting uh, archives of this show and so on and so forth. So just head over there and like us or follow us, I guess, is the Twitter term. Uh, so just go ahead and do that. So we're going to jump right into it. Sorry if I sound sick. Again, I apologize for that. But uh, let's start with you, Austin. So uh not going to start off with video games quite yet. Uh, just this last weekend, I went and saw a movie. And, and what movie was that? I saw Logan. And how was Logan? It was very, very good. It was probably, I mean, it's the best X-Men movie I've ever seen. I don't know if you really consider it an X-Men movie, but... I mean, it's an X-Men character, so I kind of consider it. Although there is some complications with the X-Men canon... Uh, as far as, like, the movies go. Well, I know this is based off the Old Man Logan comic, and and I would say loosely, very loosely based. It didn't really follow. First off, the comic had the Avengers in it, so right there is out. it's a little different right away. Other than that, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Um, for those of you who don't know, Logan is Wolverine from the X-Men series, naturally. Uh, and the movie is set... Sometime in the future, uh, where the X-Men do not exist anymore, the last two are Professor X and Wolverine. And the little girl, right? That's, that's later. Oh, okay. So, and mutants just don't exist. They've been either wiped off the map or uh, they genetically found the gene that caused mutations and they suppressed it. So, no, mutants are, no new mutants are being born is the plot of the movie. And right where that starts like that's where it starts to dissipate or not match with the canon because it's I think it's X-Men 2 or something the one that has the the gene curing arrow things yes yeah. right that could have the third one it could be the third one I don't know that was I, the third one last stand I don't know I'm not a huge it's fan so of long X-Men ago. myself so but uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman is actually a really talented actor. And I have to say this probably, I've seen number, a number of his movies. I have to say this is definitely his best 
not just it, out of Wolverine, but pretty much all of his movies, except Les Mis. That was, that was oh, the that best. movie's terrible. <laughs> uh, don't even get me started on Les Mis. No, but it sets up an interesting dynamic where, like, Professor X and Wolverine are the last uh, X-Men, and you kind of have, and then they introduce this new girl who is a new mutant, and it's the first new mutant in a number of years, and kind of how the show begins. Okay. So you would recommend it oh, absolutely. for everyone? Absolutely. Um, movie's fantastic. Just It's very rated R. Just put that out there. A lot of language usage. Uh, they definitely ramped up the violence here, so right, which I thought was appreciated because you know Wolverine has these incredibly sharp claws, and they, he always does just kind of stab people in the other movies, and now this one they actually show what these things can do. Yeah, and and that was that was like the story going into this is that Hugh Jackman really wanted this movie to be rated R, and so he pushed and pushed. He even took a took a pay cut for it. Yeah, well, yeah, because. It's not going to bring in as much revenue because you can't bring your kids. But it still made $85 million opening weekend. So I think which is a – that's huge for R-rated movie, for any movie, honestly. Yeah. $85 million is a lot of money. Like, that's a, that's a lot. So. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because um, as the movie progresses, it's it's a very – real human movie it's not like the fantasy kind of style that other x-men have been you feel for these characters you understand like wow you know he is old he's just not healing properly there's like real tension and like you know that he can actually get hurt things can happen and they introduce this dynamic of this young girl who essentially has the same abilities he does and you kind of see this father-daughter role take place and it just kind of reminded me of related to video games here at last of us with the Joel and Ellie kind of role. Well, that that was some of the people were talking yeah. on like Reddit, yeah, of looking course. at like Hugh Jackman and this girl and being like, "Hey, this could be a Last of Us movie now." I mean, it it, it practically is. I mean, he was resistant to taking on this girl. She's just there, no no parents, no family, um, and they kind of just got forced together and continue their journey. I don't really want to spoil too much of the movie, so yeah, no. Uh, it's one of those. I want to go see it. I don't know if I'm going to, but you probably should. Another, I want and, to. And the one last thing I want to say is Patrick Stewart playing Professor X did a remarkable job. Well, Patrick Stewart is a really good actor. It, yeah, and just the fact that you know Professor X, he's playing someone who's in his 90s at this point in the movie. Just how they made him look so feeble and frail, and just it kind of breaks your heart if you grew up watching these movies to see this man that you like thought was you know the best he's the leader of the x-men and he just he's losing his mind he's got to be taken care of it's kind of puts actually a huge Jackman in like a father-son kind of role there too it's kind of interesting so yeah yeah so check out logan if you want to uh, again i i want to go see it um but i just got a lot of stuff going on right now so and it is long it is like two hours and 20 minutes long so you do need to set aside it's a time of your day to uh, go watch the movie. Right. When when Austin texted me and asked me if I wanted to go, they were going at like 10.45 or something. Yes. There was just no way I was going to stay awake that whole time, especially with previews. And I feel like every movie I go to has longer and longer, longer previews. previews. Yeah. And, and so they're at least a half an hour long now. And also the fun thing is uh, Deadpool teaser was a Right. 
Right. And I think it was I think it was Polygon who wrote an article that said since Deadpool and Logan have both been really super successful, it's time for a rated R Avengers movie. Or I, I could get X Men. I could get behind Deadpool's. Probably not, probably not Avengers. I think Avengers has that light kind of feel, but like an X Men style of movie that's rated R. Yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah. That's all I got to say about the movie. Cool. Go, go see it. Go support it. Even though it probably doesn't need support, it's doing great in the box office. But hey, yeah, but it can. We use we like to see these R rated movies, superhero movies. They're more fun because they're edgy. Let's talk about video games. Yes, moving on. Uh, considering that's what our show's about. Uh, we had two big releases this last week. Um, and two. the first one, well, okay. Uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands was definitely uh, probably one of the larger releases of the week. Yeah. I would say. Well, that, that dropped yesterday. Yes. Uh, and... You you played the demo. The beta, yeah. Or whatever, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, just the one. I haven't picked up the game. I'm a little little skeptical. I don't want to have a whole division situation on my hands where the game was great, and then you kind of got to the end, and there was nothing else to do. Yeah, I mean, we haven't had a good Tom Clancy game in a while, and we'll see. I'm but like, that's a little different. Yeah, but that's that's a hundred percent different than like anything a, a else. story based Tom Clancy. Yeah, game. especially uh, you know Ghost Recon to boot. Now, one of the things I remember playing Ghost Recon as a kid. One of the things that was really special about those games is just how ridiculously hard they were. Mm-hmm. Is this game kind of that way? Is it more realistic? I yeah, I mean compared to like what the division was, where that was kind of going for more like you know MMORPG kind of thing with right. Like well, health bars and what. Well, Ghost Recon, it was like you get shot three times you're and you're done. Uh, this one's not quite that extreme. I would say. I mean, you can die pretty quickly, but you could, there's obviously like upgradable skills where you can take more damage and stuff. And from what I've read, is early on the game's pretty tough. But as you progress, it just becomes more of a fun kind of shooter game than like a more tactical, realistic game, which <sighs> does kind of upset me because I was kind of interested in the whole like, you know, have your squad of four, place yourself around the area, tactically take out all the people, get in there, get the, the target and get out yeah. kind of style. And now it's just kind of... It's real, it's real funny to look at the gameplay trailer that they released for this game because... They did it like it's like this huge tactical thing, and they were. It's it's real bizarre. Go watch it because they play it in a way that you know nobody's ever gonna play this game, because they're like, uh, headed to Delta, blah blah blah, like yelling at all these military commands and like, on my mark, shoot the guy on the left, and like you all like ready up on different people and stuff, and then hit like go, uh, and. Nobody's gonna play like that. I mean, I kind of, I did a little bit with some friends. Like, hey, I'll take out this guy on the left. You take this guy on the right. You know, three, two, one, boom. But other than that, it's not like, all right, I'll go plant the C four here, run around here, get this guy, blow up the C four. Yeah, it's not like, yeah, it's not gonna be that intense. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm sure people will make it that intense if they want to. But maybe if no one, my maybe group of friends, like we're just gonna rush in there and just yeah. kill everything and then blow up everything in the process i think so. a good video is um donkey 
Video Game Donkey, and I like I watch a lot of Video Game Donkey videos. Is uh, a YouTuber, but he plays this game and then compares it with the like the gameplay trailer, and it's just hilarious. Well, I mean that's every Ubisoft game. Let's be honest here. Because you instead of ready up one two three, they're like throwing grenades at each other. And yeah, stuff Rainbow like Six that. Siege was the same way on their yeah. first reveal, and then compared to I mean the game's great, but compared to what it is now, it's just not like. I'm right over your right shoulder. Let's go. Let's breach in. It's just kind of like well, I think free it, for all. Right. Grenades are flying everywhere. People are blowing up walls and just, yeah. It's. I mean, that's that speaks to the video game community, community yes. at large. Uh, I mean, they're just, that's what they do. They just go in and blow crap up just to blow crap up. Because it's cool. It's fun. Um, I'm still looking. I'm still probably going to end up getting this game sometime down the road. Maybe when they have a, maybe an expansion or something, pull me in. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been convinced quite yet. Uh, There's just so many games coming out. That's going to justify dropping another sixty dollars for another game. I mean, that's the big problem right now. Uh, it's just crazy how many games have come out in the past three months. And it has been so difficult to keep up with them, especially somebody like me. I went ham on buying, like, uh, Black Friday deals and stuff. I haven't played any of them, have you? I've played a couple. I mean, I finished Watch Dogs 2, um, and I have launched Titanfall 2 a couple of times, but I've yet to actually make it into a game just for other stupid reasons. And uh, Horizon Zero Dawn... I guess wasn't a Black Friday deal, but I have been playing it. Yes. How how far have you gotten into that so far? I am only about two hours in. Solid. Yeah. And I have some thoughts on that. We're going to take a quick break, and I will get to that when we come back. Okay, uh, that was a short break, and we're back. Uh, f- this is the Dry Spell Radio Show. So if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at dryspellradio at gmail.com or go on Twitter. We're at dryspell underscore VG. Get a hold of us if you want to, if you have some comments, because I'm about to get real controversial. But first, I want to talk about Horizon Zero Dawn. We talked about this at fairly great length last week, uh, Austin did, but I was able to go out and get it, and I started playing it this weekend, and if I wasn't so busy this past weekend, I probably would have played a lot more of it. I'm about two hours in, and there's this really dreadful reminder that I've only done 6% of the game, which is fantastic, but for me... Horizon Zero Dawn, just like Austin said last week, is absolutely incredible. Um, I, To be 100% honest, I think this is the best-looking game I've ever played on a console. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, just how good it looks is crazy. The frame rate, 
doesn't have drops. It's beautiful. The colors are rich. And it's just gorgeous. I, I, I really wish that I was playing on like a PS4 Pro just to kind of see it. But even though I'm playing it on the regular PS4, it just looks incredible. And I've seen some comparison videos, and I mean, it does look way better in the 4K, but I wouldn't say that much better. Like, it's crisper and a little sharper colors, but other than that, like, it's still, even on the regular PS4, it's still a very appealing game, so. Yeah, and I'm somebody who gives a lot of crap to console games for the way they look, because I do kind of consider myself a member of the PC Master Race. Uh, because I, I spent a lot of money on my computer and have put really, really good graphics in it. So I think I know a thing or two about it. But this just looks incredible. Uh, <coughs> sorry, still sick. Um, I, I will say that after about two hours, I'm not overly... Uh, impressed with the story well are you still like a young girl or have you no yeah no i've grown up i've done the proving well that was quite a twist though at the proving yeah is it Eh, you're right but it was pretty foreseeable i wasn't expecting it right then but whatever i don't we're not going to give that away yeah but it was just one of those things i i feel like the story it it was very I could tell what was going to happen. I could. Uh, there was just so much foreshadowing. That's true. That I could just tell what was going to happen. And I'm hoping that over the next whatever time I spend with it, that that starts to change. Because I really like the game. Uh, it reminds me a lot of The Witcher 3. That's actually what I was thinking, too. But for me, something that it does is... It took the Witcher 3 mechanics and made them better. That was that was my problem that I always had with the Witcher 3. Everybody was so gung-ho about it, but I thought the combat was bad. I thought it was janky. You had a roach, which was awful. Oh, roach. And there were just a lot of problems with that game. As good as it was, it just wasn't one of those games that I was going to put 90 hours into. Guilty. Yeah. And which a lot of people are. I just like there were certain mechanics of it that I just was not a fan of. Granted, I the one thing that The Witcher Three had was they were supported so long and so heavy that a lot of the mechanics got better over time. But when it when it launched, the combat was bad. It was almost it was almost comically bad. But yeah, which which for a game that is based. A hundred percent around combat, it can't be bad. Yeah, uh, and that was that was one of my big things with The Witcher. But this game, I think, took that and perfected it. There were a couple of things that I'm not a huge fan of. That maybe they'll update a little bit. There were certain things about going into your first major battle that I like randomly clicked a button and I'm like, oh crap, I roll. Oh uh, yeah, you just, well you gotta. Just know the know the buttons, I guess. Yeah, but that that should be explained to me. Uh, and that that was another thing. If so I hadn't played you need The Witcher, your hand held a little more. Yeah, okay. if I hadn't played The Witcher, I probably wouldn't know. Oh, this rolls okay. uh, because it's the same button. 
And there were certain things about like, scanning the machines and stuff that just weren't explained heavily enough. They were like a little bit like, oh, scan the machine to see its weaknesses. And I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. Then what? But then you exploit the weaknesses. Right. But then, like, there's little, well, there's go, little go, like, fire emblems and you, stuff. You go in your journal and look at what everything says, what they're weak to and everything. Well, oh, maybe that's that's something I haven't that's, done. And that's, that's where I was kind of thinking it was similar to The Witcher when you go to the bestiary and learn how to beat the certain beasts and whatnot. That's kind of Well, in The here. Witcher, The Witcher, it, it makes you go to the bestiary. That's true. Because to be 100% honest, I didn't even know there was a journal. Oh, yeah. Like, I knew that it logged monsters, but... Yeah, if you go I, if you go to the log of all the monsters and click on them, it'll say oh. all the parts of their body that they're weak and strong to. Fantastic. So that might help you in the future. Maybe you just uh, gotta, you gotta first, explore. I the mean, first I, I, battle is pretty rough. It's hard with against that saber yeah, sawtooth. That's what's yeah, the sawtooth. They de- yeah, you're at that point. He's like probably I have like, one more lesson to teach you. You're like level five, probably. You're going to die when you do this. And I'm like, cool. And that's this, uh, confidence. Yeah, you're level five, and this monster is like level fifteen. So they obviously make it intentionally hard. And then everything after that's not too bad, at least from what I've experienced. There is a point where you get attacked in your town. That that's pretty tough, actually. It is tough. The only way I survived that because I couldn't find any more health was. I went and hid behind a building Classic. that the monster couldn't get to. Exploiting the game. That's yeah, the- it actually reminded me of the first time you fight a Deathclaw in Fallout 4. <laughs> and I basically just ran around him until he got stuck in a building. And then I hit him with a club repeatedly and killed him. Game of the year. <laughs> yeah, game of the year. <laughs> Don't even get me started on Fallout 4. Yeah, we'll move past that real quick. But there was the one thing, like, that this game had that I wasn't expecting is I was not expecting a big crafting system. Oh, it's a a lot more vast. like, scavenging. Yeah, it's way, way more, like, vast and intricate than I actually expected. Yeah, I there was nothing to lead me to believe that I was going to wander around and collect berries and trees to make arrows. Mm Mm-hmm. And the parts off the robots to craft arrowheads and yeah. fire arrows and whatnot. Yeah, which, you know, I'm happy I'm happy to do that kind of stuff. I'm hoping that when I get into 20 hours, 30 hours, something like that, that doesn't begin to bog down. I already have, like, inventory management issues. Yeah, I do too. I'm not a big fan I of. I quickly upgraded my pouch as quickly as I could. So I'm, like, already up to, like... 90 or something, because I, I knew that was going to be an issue right away. Yeah, which I'm not a big fan of. That was, like, one of the things that the Elder Scrolls games get, like, fairly right, is you have a you have a pretty good capacity for carrying stuff. It's something that Fallout 4 did incredibly wrong, because it filled yes. up constantly. Yes. Uh, and there are a lot of other reasons, but well, the I, Witcher did, I think, an appropriate job too, because it's like the same style with weight and whatnot. And yeah, I do like the way that you get in this game to value. like choose weapons and crafting. I like how there's a a quick craft. Yes, in it. that is very actually very nice. I didn't realize I for, I like knew there was a tutorial about that. and I forgot how to do it. So like it was a couple hours in, I was like, oh yeah, there's this quick craft button that I can just do. So which going, helps a lot. So I was just going back to the menu every time, which was which, very frustrating. But when you're in battle, it also pauses the game. That's true. You're right. So I have used that to my advantage before. I like to keep the battle heightened. 
keep it intense. I just want to move on. Okay. I want to finish it and move on. Uh, but uh, overall, I think so far it's been a really, really awesome game. I'm excited to get deeper into the world because I think it's vast and there's a lot well, have of stuff you, have to you do. scouted how big this map is not really it's it's i mean for my 10 hours i was probably an eighth of the map uncovered so it's uh pretty vast i would say probably especially in the later of the game i looked up north where the you probably end up going it's it's pretty big up there yeah and and that was that was something that's really exciting about these kind of open world games is Getting to an area where you're like, oh, crap, this place is really super cool. Mm-hmm. That was something that, again, The Witcher 3 did really well. Oh, yeah. You like you spend 30, 40 hours in this area, Skellige and then you Isles. go to Skellige, oh. and it's like, what's going on here? That place blew me away. Yeah. It, it just randomly throws this and at I'm you. I'm kind of hoping for a moment like that. I know they've kind of already hinted to, like, the northern area with the snow and mountains. And I hope it's just, like, one of those reveals that just, like, blows you away. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so if you have a chance to go pick up uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, I would recommend it. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Now might Austin's be the time. Really Target is doing a two-for-one, two, buy two, get one free video game deal. Yeah, which I would probably do. I don't know if we can actually advertise on this. Oh, shoot. I'm just saying I wasn't advertising. Okay. I was just PSA right there. There's a PSA. Nothing else. I do not support Target. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> um, so, again, we spent a lot of last last uh, episode talking about the Switch. And so the Switch launched, and so now we kind of have a better idea of what's going on with it. Uh, and so I'm going to talk about Breath of the Wild a little bit. Not a ton, but I watched. So, again, I stood by my ground, and I did not buy a Switch. And I don't own Wii U. So I I have not played Breath of the Wild. But I've watched a good amount of gameplay footage of it, and I think I have a pretty decent idea of what it's about, what's going on in it. And so I'll just kind of briefly talk about that. I don't want to spend too much time because, again, I haven't played it. So, again, I don't want you to think that I'm an expert on this game. So, a couple of things about Breath of the Wild. We're talking about vast games. I heard this one's just huge. huge. And it's one of those that, like, you see something, you can go to it. You can literally scale any mountain you want to and which, go anywhere. Which hints kind of back to, like, Wind Waker, but at a, a very larger scale. Uh, and without sailing, so I'm really I'm really impressed by this because Nintendo doesn't do this kind of stuff well, and here they are coming out with Zelda Breath of the Wild, and they're just blowing people away with perfect it. score after perfect score after perfect score. Uh, yeah, it's already in the top four highest rated games of all time. In I did see this at the the Switch did outsell Wii U. It did, launch. or I think even the Wii. Yes, what did I say, and I, I I have to attribute that to Zelda. I would 100%. I would agree with that. I don't think if they had Zelda as a launch title, it would not have been as a success. And if they would have had a different Zelda, uh, not a Zelda that 
had perfect score after perfect score, again, it probably would have been completely different. So I personally really want to play this game. Um, there's a couple of things I took notes on. So we're talking about Horizon Zero Dawn being the best-looking game that I've seen in a long time. Uh, Breath of the Wild looks great, but there are a lot of frame rate issues. I believe it. And I've been talking to my friends who, like, have been playing it, and they, you know, undock their Switch from the dock from the TV and start playing handheld and experience a lot of issues. But that that was known coming in to the thing, so. Yeah, for sure. But that that's probably something that can be overshadowed by a lot of things. But for me, that's that's something that I automatically look at and go, like, this kind of isn't acceptable. Uh, Not in you, 2017. No, nah, your frame rate needs to be consistent and it needs to be high. Even if you just, you're just you sticking to 30 frames a second, that's not awful. Yeah. But, but if I try to imagine, like, this came out for the Switch and the Wii U, who's not as powerful, I'll, I'm interested to see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially the areas that are having big frame rate problems like uh, like this. I can't give specific examples, but I did watch some combat that got a little hectic, and there are a lot of frame rate issues in there. But overall, it seems like a pretty cool game. Uh, there are a couple things that kind of scare me. So like I said, you can go anywhere. And climb anything. Well, the way you reveal the map is a tower system. You climb to the top of the tower, and it unlocks part of the map. Like Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I guess Horizon Zero Dawn kind of does the same thing, too. But Right. That is, that's just something that really bugs me about games. I'm just not a big fan of the tower climbing anymore. The first Assassin's Creed, super cool about it. Uh, especially when you did the swan dives off and stuff. The but eagle dives. Whatever. It's basically a swan dive, <laughs> but you get an eagle sound when you do it. But um, it. besides that, uh, there's the map is actually pretty cool. We talked about there's like a map feature coming out from the DLC, but like watching the map system was actually really neat. There's something like 100 markers that you can place. That's a lot. Yeah, but you could also assign different markers to different things. Ah, so if cool. you like, if you are at a tower and you want to mark that for a specific reason, you can get into your map. You can put a waypoint there, and then you can change it to a marker that you designate. I like and, that actually. Yeah, it's it's a, a lot great of games idea with big maps that I want to like remember where something is or something, and then you can't mark it. Right, it's gone forever. I think it's an awesome idea that you can choose the icons for it. Uh, and then I watched them. I watched some people go through a shrine, and it was really fascinating. It kind of went back to that whole like Ocarina of Time. Uh, going and solving puzzles um half-life but to unlock different things and i'm it was really cool watching because they're not just like super simple puzzles to solve you have these different power-ups like a stasis and like a magnet and stuff like that and you can control different parts of the world and that's how you get through these shrines at the very end of the shrine you get a spirit orb 
that you then go and after you get like a certain number, you can trade it in for a prize. Uh, it's a, an ability. And along the way, they have all of these different swords and different rewards and stuff. And I just thought it was a really, really super cool thing to watch. Um, so if, again, I, I haven't played Breath of the Wild. I'm just talking about what I've seen. I'm going to go watch some more gameplay uh, and hopefully can get a better idea about what this game is. But the fact that people are just so overwhelmed with this game is pretty crazy. I just haven't seen... I haven't seen a non-hyped game do this well in a long time. It's true. Because usually it's like, oh, the game's not as good as we expected. Right. And this one is... better than what people expected. Yeah. And I think people were so afraid of it being bad that the hype around it wasn't quite as much as what it... I think... Well, like, it wasn't, like, as crazy high. They're probably just like, oh, well, you know, there's a chance it's not going to be that good, so let's just... You know, accept that. I think people were more worried about the Switch performance, and I think people should probably still be worried about the Switch performance. But I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty set that this is, this is probably going to be the greatest console launch that uh, that we've ever seen, like more than Mario sixty four. And well, if you go back, or the well, if you go back and look at Mario sixty four, uh, people were amazed by it that was a great game for the like yeah 20, people 20 years had, ago. people had never seen anything like it it's, yeah so i think that nintendo actually got a winner here which you know i'm kind of excited about uh we'll see we'll see how their support for the switch goes on and on so we do have a real short break and we'll be right back Okay, as real I quick, said, sure. Quick. So we are back. Um, we're going to get into some news and just kind of talk about the past week in video games and just kind of what happened. I guess I'll start off. Uh, last week was GDC, and for those of you who don't know what GDC is, it's the de- Game Developers Convention. And so this is where you see a lot of tech demos. And, like, if you're going to release a, like, an engine, this is where they're going to do it. And so there are a couple, like, cool things to come out of GDC. As we kind of expected, uh, VR was a big part. VR and actually AR. Uh, There's some cool stuff that Microsoft and Epic did with AR. Uh, Epic did this thing where they took a car like a real car and using an ar headset like you could watch a race and it was just real cool interesting yeah uh if you can find it i don't know if there's actually stuff you can find on it but they they did some interesting stuff there but it's kind of a neat uh, a neat direction that video games are heading we might we might be jumping on the ar bandwagon a little too soon I think VR needs to 
really succeed first. Yes. Before we can jump ship. So I'm not. I'm not sold on VR quite yet. Yeah, and for me, the big part of VR that's the problem is rewards versus cost. So if you think how much it costs to get started with VR, not only do you need a really, really good computer. Or, you, or PS4. I mean, Yeah, I guess there is PS4 VR. But usually, uh, like, you have to have a really good system followed by the headsets, which are usually pretty expensive. Uh, and there just aren't a lot of cool games coming out yet. There's things like Super Hot. Super Hot is awesome. Uh, and that's something that they're continuing to update. And things like Job Simulator. A big leap forward, though, for the VR in this last couple months was uh, Resident Evil 7, I do have to say. I I don't know how much people actually enjoyed that. I'm, I, I was, think it's a cool concept. Cool con- I'm just the fact that you can play a whole game in VR yeah. versus all the most of the VR games are like four or five hours where you have Resident Evil where you can spend, you know, I don't even know how many hours in that game running and crying. But I don't know. My roommate plays uh, Resident Evil and I don't know how far he's gotten because he's a wuss when it comes to scary games. So I think I think there's a lot of content in that game, but I can't say that for sure. Yeah, I haven't really sat down with it either. So it's one of the games I'd like to pick up and play. It's just again, this the past three months have just needed to calm down quite a bit as far as game releases go. Yeah. Which I think it is actually. But so AR, VR, and actually if you want to get into VR, the Oculus Rift price actually dropped by about two hundred bucks. Uh, it was now, it's now for the headset and the motion controllers, it's five ninety eight. It's not which, bad. which isn't terrible if you think that it used to be $800. That's insane. Which is a lot of money to drop on anything, uh, let alone a video game system. But don't worry, you can go on Facebook with it, so it's fine. Yeah. Well, that's because Facebook owns them I, now. Yeah, I know. But that was a joke. Yeah, it was a good one. Qualcomm actually announced the VR headset too, and the big thing about this one is it's 100% wireless. So there are no wires attaching to this headset. It's all based on Wi-Fi. I think it's a good idea because the fact that all these headsets are coming out for you know four hundred, five hundred, six hundred dollars, and they're all I've seen them. There are a lot of wires everywhere, and a just, lot of wires, pretty bulky. The best one, I think, in that sense is probably the the PlayStation VR. But even then, I kind of thought that was going to be a wireless thing. Um, so, yeah, this is kind of cool to see a, a wireless headset and definitely will shape the next headsets to come. So I, I imagine the next wave of VRs are all going to be Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or whatever. Yeah, and I think, I think it all depends on quality. Uh, that's that's the big thing about VR right now is it needs something to come in and blow it out of the water that's really high quality, cheap, and can be successful. That's the big problem with VR right now is that it's so expensive to get started. And even the cheaper ones like PS4 VR or PlayStation VR, like they have problems. And so it needs to be really good and cheap for the common consumer to jump on board. Mm-hmm. 
and I I get emails from the Idaho VR Commission. Uh, yeah, that's a thing. Oh. And it's something I really want to check out. I think they now have VR stuff in the library. Which the, library? The library. Oh, with the exclamation point at the end. Yeah, okay. the one with the exclamation point. Uh, I think I think so. I I kind of skimmed an article that said that at one point. I think. Also, with all the cough medicine I'm on right now, I could just be making that up. I, uh, you know, it could be a possibility. So. That's kind of that. Borderlands released some art yes. uh, for their new one. We'll see how it goes. I haven't been impressed by the last couple Borderlands. What? Sorry. Borderlands 2. The last couple. There was one after it. What was the, the pre-sequel. prequel? The pre-sequel. Yeah. They were just capitalizing on the, the wave of Borderlands 2 there. Yeah. And the first Borderlands was super cool. I just don't think... I don't think that the other ones captured that. The second one was fantastic. Uh, don't even give me that look. I will argue to the death with you, you on that well, one. You can like it all you want. That doesn't mean I have and to. And so do millions of other people. Yeah. And I can be completely different than millions of other people. That's, That's fine. So. We're just going to move on because I'm going to get angry. Just kidding. I'll, I'll accept you. I also hated Fallout 4. Well, I mean, it wasn't my favorite game either. And I think Skyrim's overrated. Okay. Oh, okay, now we need to move on. So, uh, beyond that, Hello Games was there. They showed off some of their tech from that they had developed for No Man's Sky. And it's funny saying that in like and everybody's eyes just kind of get big and people like kind of laugh, but if you think about No Man's Sky from a technological standpoint, it was pretty cool. So I'm glad that they were there. They actually won an award. I should have written down what award this was, but they did not expect to win it. So they were all at dinner, and one of the one of the guys, the leads for Hello Games, gets this text. It's like, "Hey, where are you guys? You just won an award." It's like, "Well, we're at dinner, Whoops. so we're not going to be there," uh, which I think is really funny. That's hilarious. Um, I mean, it's just like Suicide Squad winning an Oscar. I mean, yeah. Who? Oh God! <laughs> What's wrong with you people? Uh, I'm not. I'm not asking you. Please don't hate me for asking you. What's wrong with you? Um, we're talking to Hollywood here. Yeah, it's okay. Let's let's just pass that. One. Um, beyond that, uh, Tacoma, which is. The studio who did Gone Home. Oh. Tacoma's not the studio name. I can't remember it's the, the studio. New game. But Tacoma's their new game. Uh, they showed off the first 10 minutes of it. I watched it, and it looks awesome. If you're a fan of Gone Home, I think you'll really enjoy this. There's a lot of really cool AI involvement uh, because you're on a space station. Mm. And for some reason, everybody's gone. They've gone home. Yes, it's directly linked to the first game, but it it looks real cool. Um, I'm really excited about that guy, but uh, Tacoma, beyond that, the one thing I want to say about GDC is it's amazing how political it's gotten. One of the presentations that one of my friends on Twitter sent me was uh, a presentation titled Teaching Students to Make Games Under Fascism. And, and one of the key points was that video games are political. 
the way we make games are political. The way that we teach our students to make games is political. And I don't want to get into politics that on this show. Makes me angry. And sure, it's like any art. There's there's a a little bit of politics in all art. Uh, and I see it as a musician. I see it all of the time. But I don't. I can't stand behind that a hundred percent. I don't think teaching students to play games is a political statement. No, it shouldn't be. That's the problem. Like, and I, if you want to get if you want to get your point across through a game, I think that's super cool. You think of like games like Papers Please, or even. We call it High School Simulator. What's that game called? I have no idea what you're talking about. It's the the one with like five episodes. Oh, Life is Strange? Yeah, Life is Strange. That's that the game. One. Yeah, that game was super political, but it had like a happy it had a happy message and stuff. But I don't know. Just focusing on the political side of things too much, I think is probably not the greatest way for our industry to go. Considering how political everything is these days. Yeah. Video games, you would think, is like your break from that. But it, It's nice to have a break from that. And I think as long as we realize that not every game has to be political, I will accept that. That some games are going to be. And I think that's fine. But art for art's sake is okay. So... Yeah. Um, beyond that, uh, go ahead, Austin. So I guess the other big news, uh, kind of an announcement of new game, was the new Middle Earth Shadow of War. Uh, it actually got leaked by Target last week, which, <laughs> yeah, back to Target, um, which obviously was a huge accident. So then, you know, WB goes and the next day drops their uh, launch trailer. And so I'm curious. I'm curious if they... I don't think that was their plan. Yeah. They're probably like, oh, uh, we got to put some out now because Target messed up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought the game, the trailer look was pretty cool. I played the first one, Shadow of Mordor, um, and had a really good time with it. So, definitely one of those, again, open world games, you know, action adventure, run around, kill everything. But, uh, so I was excited to see this uh, reveal. And, yeah. So... But today, is they revealing actual gameplay? Did, did, have they revealed it yet? I haven't noticed. Okay. I haven't really been on any social media for the start of the day. So I'm sure it's there or happening right now. I'd be interested to see how that all, you know, their Nemesis engine has evolved in the last couple of years. Because that was definitely a cool concept. Well, that, that, was, that was what made that game successful was the Nemesis. And they've, they've definitely talked about how uh, more your actions will definitely affect the game more this time around. Which I'm super excited for because i feel like the last game even though you know you would affect you did all these things go kill all the war chiefs blah 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 and then like 20 minutes later it had no effect so i hope there is more effect on that uh the one last thing i did want to talk about for this new middle earth because all the information came out at one time there's four additions to this game and i don't know how i feel about that I think it's fine as long as, and I, I think I keep saying this, as long as you make it worth right. the price tag. I don't think it is. I, I have it all written down here. So there's the standard edition, $60. Um, I believe there's a pre-order bonus, and every edition has the same pre-order bonus. So I didn't really put those down. It's like a new sword or outfit or whatever. 
Um, the next edition, silver edition, eighty dollars. So we got twenty dollar increase there, and it has the Slaughter Tribe Nemesis expansion, Outlaw Tribe Nemesis expansion, and the Silver War Chest for twenty dollars. I'm not sure how much these expansions are actually expanding. Yeah, I mean, if it's probably just like one little. Well, and that's to be clear seen. out a tribe. I don't know. It could be a like a whole nother group of stories and stuff, but so, I don't know. But that, I think it's different because in the gold edition, which is now hundred dollars, so we're now forty dollars above the original price. They have those those two things included: the two Nemesis expansions uh, and two story expansions. So I don't know what the difference between those are, but we got the Blade of Galadriel story expansion. And the Desolation of Mordor story expansion. So, with a gold war chest. So, I mean, we've upgraded a little bit. So, I'm sure they'll offer a season pass to get all this stuff in there anyways. I'm not too upset about the gold and silver edition. Most games do that. This is the one I lost my mind. The Mithril edition. I'm going to read what's in it. it. So, it includes all those expansions I mentioned. It has a limited 12-inch Balrog versus Carnan uh, Drake statue. Some exclusive lithographs, a magnetic ring of power, a cloth map of Mordor, some stickers, and an exclusive mithril chest. So, I don't know, sounds like a fair thing. $300. Yeah, I mean, it's a little extreme. I People have been doing this for a long time, and I remember getting the the steel case versions of like halo and gears of war and stuff. Let it run you $300. No, I'm trying to think the legendary edition of halo three was really expensive, but you also got like the master chief helmet. Yeah. I remember that. And all this stuff. And it, what, but it was cheaper than $300. I do know that. So I just think it's not a lot in there to be asking for $300. Yeah. I mean, it's all, that's a lot of money. Again, you can go buy they, a Switch with that. Right. Or at least part of a Switch. There you go. If they make it worth the consumer's thing, then it's whatever. But the problem is, is if you're going to release something for $300, you have to make it worth it for the people buying it. Uh, that's just basic business practice. So I don't know how well that... I'm sure it will sell well because video game stuff like that always does, but just... I don't know. It just irked me when I saw that. I had to talk about it. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment of it. We're going to take one more break, uh, and then we'll be at the last part of our show. Okay, so we are just about to wrap up the show. We got roughly 10 minutes left. And so we're just going to kind of quickly talk over a couple things. Uh, Peter Moore, who was the chief competition officer of EA, announced sometime, I think it was two weeks ago, that he is leaving uh, EA to 
be the CEO of Liverpool FC, which is a really weird jump of careers. Yes. And he's, he's always kind of been vocal about his love of soccer or football. But I just thought, like, this was kind of shocking. And especially because I think anybody you talk to about Peter Moore... Uh, he has a long history in this in the industry. Uh, he was the COO of EA. He was the president of Sega America. He was the vice president of Microsoft's Xbox division. He's been around for a really long time, and he's really influenced a lot. And so it's kind of sad to see him leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if this will be a permanent thing or what it means. But, I mean, the guy was was legendary. And so it's kind of sad to see him leave the industry right now. But sometimes you just need a career choice. Right, Matt? Oh, absolutely. As somebody who has recently quit their job, uh, I totally understand how sometimes it just needs to happen. So, otherwise, uh, you want to talk about Call of Duty? I can. Um, so I, I saw this, it's probably been, you know, two, three weeks ago, I saw, uh, Call of Duty announced, I believe for their next game. So I would expect it this November, like normal Call of Duties, that it is going back to its roots. Not sure what they mean by that. I'm assuming World War II, cause that's where they kind of got their start. Um, I would be interested in seeing Call of Duty go back to World War II with, you know, the, how they look now. Cause I mean, you can't, can't lie about it. Call of Duty games look pretty good oh yeah uh it infinite warfare which came out this past year yeah looked real good and if you do that back into world even if they redo a story that they already did like a call of duty 3 or something but just redo it i don't know i don't know how i feel about this i think i think there's a lot of things to be said about moving on uh but uh, the problem with Call of Duty games is they've basically worked themselves into a hole. Yeah, they've become the, their own. When you have three studios now yes, all working on games... That, that are pretty much all exactly the same. That becomes a problem. And you just... You can't operate on release after release after release especially if they're not selling very well and i I think they had a wake-up call because i know infinite warfare did not sell as well as like i think what black ops 3 was the one that came out before it right i'm not entirely sure i kind of i can't remember if advanced warfare or if black ops 3 came out first i I think it was advanced warfare then black ops now infinite warfare are you sure i think so okay i'm not positive it's i will say that i liked advanced warfare a lot and i think infinite warfare took what advanced warfare did and made it a lot better. Yeah, I just didn't think it was enough to change. And then it was came out the right after Battlefield 1. And I think that was a big reason why they're going back to the roots, as they say. Because Battlefield 1 took a leap of faith. It went to World War 1. Yeah, which is... Which was insane. Everyone's like, whoa, World War 1? What's really? And that game is crazy fun. I have yet to play it. You I have it. Sh- you probably should. It's because it's a super different feel. I mean, I mean, people still have some automatics running around, but it's mostly semi-autos, bolt actions, and I enjoy it more than like what Call of Duty was. And I think that was a big 
indication like we need to change something up. And also, my last point for Call of Duty is the re- Modern Warfare remaster that came out with this last one. More people are playing this remaster than their brand new game. And I think that kind of is like, hey, um, more people are playing a 10-year-old game over a new game. And Yeah, well, and something they did correctly when they released that is that they made it so they took the old nostalgia uh, for people like me who, when Modern Warfare came out, sat down and did nothing but play a Modern Warfare. They took that... They took that nostalgia and made it accessible from a new, like a new audience, which I think is really cool. The fact that they did it successfully because they could have just kept it the way they like that it used to be. But then they introduced this depot system mm-hmm. and all of these upgrades and stuff like that, that they didn't need to do. New the- camos, new characters and Kind of and stuff they've gone from new Call of Duties and kind of put it back into the old. And it's worked, I think, for the most it part. It has. Uh, I think it's really dated. And I, I don't have... Think the game's great, so... It is, it is, it, it is great, but it's, it, you can feel that it's dated. Especially if you play through the campaign. Mm-hmm. It feels like it was a game that came out 10 years ago. Even uh, how great that campaign is. Yeah, and I'm not bagging on it at all. I'm just saying that it feels old. Especially with the infinite spawns. The infinite enemy spawns. You're right, that does get old. That's just, that's something that we should have moved away from. And we did. But it it just shows how much we've advanced in video games over the past decade. It's like if you go back and play a Half Life game, these games really changed the way we thought about video games but they're just they're dated you know mm-hmm. so other than that do you want to touch on overwatch yeah why not overwatch uh matt and i are kind of addicted to this game yeah i have a problem it controls our lives sometimes yeah yeah i I know that every time I launch my PlayStation, I am likely going to play Overwatch. And if I if one of my friends are online, we're going to play Overwatch. We're going to play Overwatch, so I have to go in and tell everybody I'm offline. Yeah. So that I don't go play Overwatch. But uh some news out of that area. Um they had some character changes. I think Roadhog, I'll start with Roadhog. If anyone knows who Roadhog is, you know how annoying his hook is. Yeah. They definitely uh Updated that. He's now, what, I think it's two seconds longer on his cooldown. Yeah. And, it, uh, and instead of pulling you, like, three meters away from him, it's now, like, four Four something. meters. But they actually wide, uh, narrowed the spread on his gun. Yeah. So it shoots farther. But with more damage drop-off, I don't know. I still think he's still an effective player. People, I've talked to some my friends who played as him and said, yeah, he's, he's still effective if you know how you're doing right it just kind of prevented anyone from picking up roadhog and being good you have to still practice and that's like the beauty of this game yeah um the next character update they just changed is bastion which from what i've heard is kind of become game breaking because he's too powerful he's too powerful now his gun in recon mode just running around is now like equal or stronger than soldier 76's gun oh interesting so even then he's tearing people apart and then his turret mode, I heard, is just 
Well, and that's that's something that I give Blizzard a lot of credit for, is that they're willing to take these leaps and edit their characters like this because they don't have to make any any changes to any of the characters. Mm-hmm. Nope. But it's cool to see them trying out all these different things. And all right, we'll wrap this up here. Uh, they did announce a new character though this last week, Orisa, a new tank for you to play as. Um, she's currently only available in the public test server on PC. No news on when she'll be on consoles. Uh, she looks super cool. I've watched some yeah. gameplays with her and definitely be a useful, useful character. Yeah, she she's kind of a, a support tank, kind of like uh, what's his face, right? Uh, the dude with the shield. Oh, Reinhardt. Yes. Yeah. Very similar to that style of play. Uh, so I'm excited to see her in the game. I was kind of, uh, you know, if anyone follows Overwatch at all, you were kind of thinking Doomfist was the next character. Yeah. But uh, nope. They just teased him a little more with this reveal. And we'll get him eventually. Yeah. I mean, that's such a Blizzard thing to do. So uh, otherwise... Now, I actually have one question for Overwatch real fast. Uh, when was the last time you launched on PS4? Within the last week, I'd say. And have they released the game server yet? The game for... Like, uh, so that you can go choose your own servers? I believe they have, yes. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, because I know that they were talking about that. And they have a mode where you can now create your own games. Yeah, okay. Then, yes, they did. Because I kind of saw that people were doing role play physical activities in these servers oh yeah look here we go but uh, i'm sure to get shut down after that yeah i'm sure uh so otherwise uh we're gonna close out so um games coming out this week as we touched on tom clancy's ghost recon uh wildlands and then if obviously the switch came out last Friday yeah. and Breath of the Wild came with it, uh, yesterday dropped near Automata, which I'm still planning on going and picking up. They actually announced that it will drop on PC in a week, so next Tuesday. And so I haven't decided if I'm going to get it for PC or if I'm going to get it for my PlayStation yet. Uh, if it it's a really good game, I'll talk about it next week because I really enjoy it. And then uh, it's kind of the big launches for games this week. But uh, I know this is the start of new games on PlayStation Plus. So for PS4, we got Disc Jam, which we will talk about at length next week. It is. I mean, I just I'm just going to say right now it's free. Download it. It's really good. Uh, And the next other free game is Tearaway Unfolded. I have not really seen much on that, but it's free. So. Might yeah, well give it I a know shot. absolutely nothing about it. Yeah, uh, and now free games with gold Xbox One here. You got Layers of Fear, first person horror game, Jump Scare Central, I guess, and then the Evolve Ultimate Edition. So if you want to get into the world where no one's supporting it anymore, but <laughs> nobody plays. Yeah, no. One plays. Well, when it releases live, it bumps player support, but. Otherwise, I think that's it for us today. That's all we got. So, again, my name's Matt. My name is Austin. Uh, and if you want to get a hold of us over the next week, it's dryspellradio at gmail.com or on Twitter at dryspell underscore VG. 
we will be posting an archive of the show hopefully later today. So if you want to follow us, uh, we'll be back again at noon next week. Thank you. Thanks, guys.